Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave. I am one of the pastors here at Compass Point. And uh, again, with me today, lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How you doing, Amen. Paul? Yeah, I'm good. I have just been absolutely loving this uh, this series as we've been yeah. going through it and unpacking. It's been really cool. Yeah, how to share your faith. Uh, and a great um, another great sermon this Sunday. Talked a little bit about stories. Talked about um, what it is to share in stories, mm-hmm. what, what we need to know, what we don't need to know, and, and how to think about our own stories, how to kind of get some introspection. And you talked about the six words. Why why don't you give us a little recap from Sunday? Yeah. So we talked about the power of story and we looked at it through a very famous story in the Bible about a man who was blind and he has a story to tell. That's basically a, I couldn't see, then Jesus showed up. Now I can see. And that's his story. And so he began to share it in a, in the context where people were asking, who is Jesus? Mm. And his story told over and over again, you know, people asked questions and people interacted with what had happened, uh, really was the catalyst for people to come to know who Jesus was. And in the midst of it all, the man himself actually learns who Jesus is, which is just remarkable and really cool. Um, but, But yeah, the idea was that as we keep talking about sharing our faith, we all have a tool at our disposal, doesn't matter how old we are, where we've come from. Um, how new we are or old we are in our faith, we all have stories to tell, and those stories um, are powerful. And they're right. powerful because stories, I, you know, I've, I've really come to believe that stories are the most effective and helpful ways of communicating with each other because we engage with stories like, like nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, okay, you say we've all got a story, yeah. Uh, one of the things I hear often from people and sometimes I feel even in myself is like, man, I never went to prison. I never like nothing dramatic has ever happened in my life. Uh, you know, my, it's a pretty boring story. Right. Um, is it really worth sharing my story? Yeah. It, and that like, I, th- I, f- I think people feel that. I, and sometimes even I, you know, I was raised in the church in a good Christian home and like, yeah, some, some hard things, but like relatively small compared to the hard things other people have dealt with. And yeah. like, I met Jesus in it and that's great. But it kind of, I'm like, well, is that enough? Is yeah. that really going to be compelling for someone else? Yeah. It, so the, the answer is yes. And the reason it's compelling is because it's your story in the context of relationship. Sure. And frankly, your friends don't really care about some other person's story um, as much as they care about your own. I mean, obviously, they're the dramatic stories, the ones that they make movies about right. that are going to have impacts on larger groups of people. But our our goal in life is is not to you know, influence the entire world by some you know, moment in our life, you know, our, our story, your story is just like my story. It's just like the person who has the dramatic story. It's all about pointing people to Jesus and helping Mm. him, helping people know who he is. And so, yeah, I, I think, I think that's, that's a common kind of, I don't want to like downplay that because I think a lot of people listening to this may have those, that perspective where it's like, you know, I know we should share share our stories, but my story's not that great. And, and I think that, that, um, maybe it just takes a little bit of um, examination and it takes some right. time for us to explore our own stories and start to learn some things that maybe we haven't seen before. Well, and I think your point about this, this is in relationship. I think that's so important because so much of our modern world pushes us to think like influence and convincing people is something that happens outside of relationship. It happens on social media, right? What do, what do all the young people today want to become? Not all of them, but like they want to become influencers, who right. do you want to influence for what reason? I don't know. I just want influence. 
Um, and people envision like telling a story means being on a stage or on a video or, but, but no, we're talking around like around a dinner table at the office, at your class. Like Mm -hmm. this is where Jesus meets people typically is not in like big dramatics. It's in relationship. It's in someone they know. It's in a neighbor. It's in a coworker. Mm -hmm. And this is where we're called to tell our stories. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell our okay. stories and then authentically live out our lives in the midst of it, right? So, right. I, you know, I think I think one of the things I didn't get to on Sunday that I think would be a, a really, really good first step for everybody. It's pretty simple. Yeah, that is just just um, very uh, you know non confrontationally, however you want to do it. Have people understand that you are a follower of Jesus. Simple as that. Right. You know, that's the first step is to identify who we are um, mm-hmm. as followers of Christ. And we don't have to get into long conversations or anything, but, you know, make it known to the people around us that we are Christ followers. That's step one. And I think, you know, some of us are even afraid of that step because we're like, oh man, what are they going to think of me? Are they going to like look at me different? Are they going to like treat me different? Are they going to, you know, watch their language around me or what are they going to do? Right. Right. And I, I think that, um, more more than any of that, you know, identifying yourself will give you potential opportunities that, um, you know, sometimes people are struggling with some things and they've got some questions and they're like, well, Dave knows about this God mm-hmm. and Jesus and maybe I'll ask him, you yeah. know, and it, it opens up the door for all kinds of conversations. And, and I, I think, you know, sadly, and I got to put myself in this category, you know, I move into a neighborhood. I don't want everyone to know, like, either like, hey, what do you do? I'm like, oh boy, here we go. You know, yeah. there's a part of me that's a little, little, you know, like, cause I know that that's going to like have them look at me different or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that, you know, taking that step and identifying ourselves, um, is, you know, it, it it's always a good first step. It yeah. just, it just puts us in a better place. Most people, like, I don't want to have, I don't want to hear all these stories where people are like, wait, you're a Christian? Like, right. oh, I, I knew there was something different about you or whatever. Like the, those kinds of things, like, you know, five years into a relationship, uh, we, we're probably missing something. Yeah, here. it's probably been a yeah. mess along the road. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the, there's, yeah, thinking about those relationships and how to yeah. how to approach them with an, kind of an appropriate boldness. So you gave us, you talked about a tool on Sunday. Yes. Um, you talked about the six-word story, which is from John Garner. Yeah. Uh, local AGC pastor, great guy. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit more about this. Because I think, I, like, I got a hint of it, but, like, you had to start with one word, and it's kind of, how do I, do I just pick a word? Is that going to be the first word that comes to mind? What, yeah, give me a little more details here. Yeah. So one of the things I did on Sunday that, um, that maybe wasn't as helpful, I actually, I actually wanted people to take, take a moment just to think about what one word would be in their six word stories. A lot of people would take one word and think about their whole story Mm. and say, this is the word that represents me. Right. And that's helpful. In fact, this week I heard incredible, like I, I, from multiple people, I heard one word that would describe their past. And not only that, there was like a connection to a story or something that had happened. And, and I think that's fantastic. But I do think that this is really, really helpful homework for every single person who's listening. Yeah. Taking some time to reflect on our own lives actually gives us the opportunity to see God at work in some, in some pretty neat ways. Hmm. So um, let me give you an example. 
Yeah. I will give you my six word story. Amazing. This is like not so well thought out. So just give me like some grace here because maybe it'll change. But okay. I spent about, I, I, I read about this, you know, during the week and I, I thought, man, this is something I want to share with our people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, wait, I got to figure this out. So I spent a little over an hour just kind of, you know, um, re- reflecting on things and thinking things through. And these are the words that I came up with. So you're just to clarify, you're saying these are your six words you think you've spent an hour on them yes. and they could still change. So like, I'm just trying to get a sense of like this, this is something that takes some intention and a little bit, a little bit of time and like hundred percent, a little bit of self. Yeah. In fact, what I would say is the first word that comes to mind when you think of your life, mm. uh, may be a great word and it may right. be connected to a fantastic story. Yeah. But I think the best words that describe your life are ones that take some time to think through. Right. Because when, you know, an examined life is really what we're talking about here. And this really plays into our whole rule of life of and everything else that we've been talking about, um, spending that time examining. And, and this is, if I can say, you know, this isn't the end. This is a great tool. Right. Kind of like the, the six things we talked about the last two weeks, kind of the temple language and the legal language and the redemption language. Like all of those things are great tools to help crystallize our thoughts and our language and help us to communicate well how to share our faith. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me your six words, Paul. So it starts with stability. So I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up in a place where um, Jesus and God were talked about in all kinds of different ways. I had an experience very early on when my uh, best friend uh, lost his brother at 14 years old wow. uh, to leukemia. And I remember sitting on the corner of my bed with my mom praying and um, he died. But I remember even as a child going through that process, there was no panic. Um, there was no you know, concern that God wasn't going to come through or any of those kinds of things. There was this quiet confidence that was displayed by my mom. And that really led to a stability um, in terms of where I started. My second word is apathy, because over time, I just kind of was going through the motions. My faith didn't really mean a lot to me, but I was someone who was busy on Sunday mornings. I just went through the motions and that was what I did. Um, My third word is expected, because as I began to kind of uh, grow up, I started to kind of do the things that I thought I was supposed to do. Um, You know, people had expectations of me because of certain gifts I had. They asked me to get involved in different places. And so I was just kind of going through the motions and doing those things. And then my fourth word is surprise, because God um, showed up in a really cool way for me when I was out at camp and, you know, kind of in the midst of you know, taking the next step in my life and volunteering in a bunch of different places, I really had this moment where I felt like God was saying, hey, Paul, I want something different from you. I want mm-hmm. you to um, to step out into vocational ministry and take some steps down this path. And this was a surprise for me. Like God showed up and I really took a left turn in my life. Mm-hmm. And the reason, um, you know, in the midst of all of this, I actually started thinking, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. And And I started to like, you know, push away things that were in my life. And I thought, I'm going to start all over and I'm going to be free and God's going to have no baggage and I can, he's going to do whatever he wants with me. And I remember my dad saying, um, Paul, like, do you think that God only starts working on you when you're ready? Like he's been working on you the whole time. The things Mm. in your life you have now, it's all God, right? And so I had this new perspective. God surprised me and it kind of pushed me into um, where I'm heading now in terms of my life. The fifth word for me is a word that I've been really struggling to kind of get a handle on exactly. I wanted to use the word empty, but that sounds really dramatic mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be really dramatic. But what I would say was that there was this lack of fullness in my life 
that I was now on this track and I was even involved in church leadership and doing all these things, but there was still this sense in me that like something wasn't right and I hadn't quite figured any of those things out. And so the sixth word for me is learning. And um, that's where I find myself now is just in a place where my posture is, hey, God, what do you have for me now? And how can I lean in Mm. and not get so caught up in the things that I'm expected to do, but to start thinking about what God might want to do differently in me. So for me, it goes from stability to apathy, to being doing what's expected, to surprise, um, to the struggle, and then now into learning. And so For me, these six words kind of form these anchor points for me. And that's Mm -hmm. what I was trying to get at as we, as we think about our own story in words. Um, When we identify these words, they might be a period in our, in our life. They might be a very specific moment or a specific relationship. And we use those to kind of be the, the backbone or the skeleton to hang our story on. Yeah. And what I was trying to get at on Sundays, the cool thing about putting our our stories into these six words is that people may relate to one part of your story, and that's a great place to have a conversation, but it doesn't have to go huge, doesn't have to go long, you don't have to get all the way through and how God's been doing all these things. You can just say, hey, I get it, because that was kind of similar to me. You know, for a while in my life, here's where I was, and we can share that story. And so I think for this is a really helpful way to relationally share our story as we listen to people and yeah. have compassion for them. Yeah. Uh, so if, if someone's developing this, uh, spending the time and doing the introspection, and they come up with four words or seven words, yeah, does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. I mean, I wouldn't get caught up on the number at all. Right. Uh, certainly, especially I think if you're younger, um, you know, I think that right. that perhaps you may only have four words that, you know, really describe sort of the movements in your life. Sure. Um, I think that if we, if we say, you know, my story is three words, you're probably missing out on a little bit of the complexity of, you know, what life is all about. Sure. And if you start getting way over six words, you don't remember them, right? So you're like, mm, I don't know. Um, right. And, you know, even these six words, even though they were sort of, um, you know, just in the initial stages of thinking them through, someone asked me in the lobby, hey, what are your six words? And I was able to share them oh. um, because they're easy to remember because it's my story. And guess what? I'm the expert. You are the expert. When yeah. it comes to my story, right? So, yeah. Well, yeah. and even even the, the act you had us do on Sunday of starting with one word. Right. Uh, and as you heard, people's stories, right? Like one word, kind of picking an anchor point or a yeah. couple of anchor points really helps like... This yeah. is, it's almost a filter to help us think through our stories and what's going on. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it helps to kind of crystallize what is, what has God been up to in my life? Yeah. And how and, can I share that? And, and here's why I think this is really important. Um, and I think this, this, this uh, may have a more um, philosophical angle. So kind of hang with me here for a second. But some of the reading that I've been doing is just um, around this idea that that, you know, we often look at things in our lives, including our spiritual life, as um, a problem to be solved in the sense of like, it's like a, it's like our lives are like this, this big machine and we just have to put the right inputs in. And if we follow the manual properly, then everything will work out. Right. That's not how life works. And I think we have to get our minds around this because when it comes to evangelism, sometimes we want to use, and, and listen, you know, evangelism explosion, the, you know, four spiritual laws, all these different things were helpful, um, you know, for what they were. But I do think that sometimes things become very formulaic 
And we have this idea that if I do this, this, and this, then that person is going to like fall on their knees and trust Jesus. Right. And what I would say is that it's much, it's much more complicated and messy than that. And so what I love about the six word story is that it's, it's much more organic and it's, it's story based, but it's also, um, flexible, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and it's, it's something that we can share authentically about our own life in relation to people that we're in contact with. And I think that's at the essence of what evangelism is. Mm. Evangelism is about is about having compassion for people yeah. and sharing their lives and sharing in their lives in such a way that we can provide hope and help um, in the midst of the things that they're going through. And so, you know, I think that's a really helpful framework for us to sort of say, okay, you know, I, whatever I've learned before in evangelism, great. It's just all building into who I am. Yeah. But what I would say today as we think this through is let's think a little bit less formulaic mm-hmm. and a little more relational, mm-hmm. but don't allow this idea of, oh, it's it's relational to mean that I don't have to share it all. Right. Again, let's go back to where we started this, right? If if I go and talk to your friends mm-hmm. and, and say, hey, do you know the person's a Christian? And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> like okay, then we're using this idea of relationship as a bit of an excuse. Right. Because I think we are called to be the light, right? To share with other people the really good news about Jesus. And we are at a time where people need to hear that good news. I I believe that from the bottom of my heart. Um, So so I think that's, you know, a helpful way to think about it. Yeah, that's... uh... That's great. So how did did you... you, You've got your six words there. yeah. You've talked about what you know, not, not what you don't know. I love that, that point when you talked about the, the blind man and, you know, asked him a bunch of questions and he was like, well, I don't know. Sure. And like, there's parts of our stories even that like, you know, if someone comes to us and well, how do you, how do you describe the complexity of the Trinity? Like, I don't know, is a pretty good yeah. answer actually. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. And not that we can't help people find these answers, but you know, we can be an expert in our own, our, our own story. Yeah. But, but people might actually ask you questions about your own story too, exactly. that you can't answer. Yeah. And, and that's okay too. We don't, you know, you don't have to be able to connect all the dots. If God's connecting them, um, then it's worth sharing. Mm-hmm. And you do have to, in sharing your story, again, it, this is not our work that we're doing. We've mm-hmm. got it. We're, we're working in partnership with the Holy Spirit. If we, if we believe that God is at work in the world, then he is at work in this person's mind and heart. Uh, and we get to join in that work, but it's still his work. So there's, there's a, a kind of a beautiful freedom in that. I think, um, yeah. when you were going through and doing your six words, Paul, yep. did you like, how did you discern those words? How did you pick those words over other words? Were there words that were kind of like close, but didn't make the list or like, yeah. what, what did that process look like for you? Yeah. So a simple way that you could come up with your words might be to graph out your life. And, um, I did this exercise in uh, my aero leadership course. And so I did it again as I was preparing. And the way that I would do this is you put the years across the bottom and then you just basically have like a very, um, subjective, like high, low spiritual kind of life. Right. And so I basically just drew a line, like, where was my spiritual life when I was younger? Mm. And, you know, through the years, you know, where were the ups and downs? It doesn't have to be perfect. No one else is looking at it. But the point is that I, you start to see there's peaks and valleys. And then the question becomes, like, what was happening during the peaks? Mm. And for me, like, one of the words that I almost said and used as a word was camp, because my camp experience for, for me was really very for, uh, formational. Yeah. 
And, um, and so like when I look at the high points and I'm like, oh yeah, that was when I was doing this or when I was at camp or whatever, um, then you can start to like pick out what are the formative kind of things that were happening that maybe you want to form some words around. Yeah. I love Highs that. and lows. And, well, and I love, um, even, even the way you explained that there for me, um, and for probably some of the people I know, like it's kind of a, maybe what you start with is actually drawing a line, yeah. kind of a topographical exactly. map of your life. And like, yeah, make it a mountain range. What are the peaks? What are the valleys? Uh, and start there if you're a really visual thinker and then, and then kind of like start to name those and what were yeah. they and, and find the words around those. I, yeah. And think about, yeah. Think about the elevation of your life and where you've been. Uh, yeah. yeah. I really like that. Yeah. That's, and you can really even helpful. think about movements. Like if the elevate, like if, if, if you moved from a valley to a peak at one point, you know, was there a relationship that was really important at the time? Sure. You know, like, you know, so, you know, maybe for you, a word might be mentorship because yeah. someone came alongside you and you can name that person right now. You're thinking of them yeah. and you can say, this person changed my life because they had conversations with me and they leaned in and they asked the hard questions and kept me accountable or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think all of those things are great. And I, I think you'll notice in my story, and I'm not suggesting this would be exactly the same for everybody, but for me, there's sort of two um, that I would say before Christ in some ways. Yeah. Um, two of the words really describe my my kind of connection to God for the first time when he really sort of showed up for me in a real, a real meaningful way. And then the next two are sort of like, you know, what's happened since then. And so I think that all of those together can be ways of thinking about your six words. I love it. Well, we are out of time, Paul. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it for now, but we will be back next week with more Postscript and looking forward to uh, continuing in this series on how to share your faith. Thank you.